I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Welcome back to the Build Your Best Family podcast. We are kicking off the new podcast season with a special episode. I'm your host, Kimberly Amici, and in this episode, we are trying something new. Instead of our usual format, where I typically interview a writer, a speaker, an author, or a thought leader in the area of family and culture, I'm handing the reins over to the wonderful Jess Carey to interview me. Now, some of you may know Jess from our Friends Talking Family Conversations. What you might not know about Jess and I is that we share a bond beyond our podcast connection. We are both enthusiastic short-term rental owners, and thanks to platforms like Airbnb and VRBO, we've been able to wade into the waters of family entrepreneurship. Since I've gotten so many questions about buying, renovating, and marketing our property, I thought it would be fun to discuss the process and explore the risks, reward, and adventures with you. And since this is the Build Your Best Family podcast, I'm excited to talk about what it has to do with our family culture. For us, it's more than just a business endeavor. It's an extension of who we are as a family. Our experience in the short-term rental world have woven themselves into the fabric of our culture, shaping us in unexpected ways. Just a heads up, we are giving away a free stay at our vacation rental. All the exciting details about the giveaway and how to enter will be at the end of this episode. Plus, I'll be telling you about our property's bonus feature, which I somehow forgot to mention in my conversation with Jess. Stay tuned because you don't want to miss that. So let's jump on in. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you consider family culture, family dynamics, there are, you know, groups of people, individuals that family businesses are part of the ethos Mm -hmm. throughout their family dynamic. And this is just one of the ways that, you know, you and I have married a little bit of our entrepreneurial side Mm -hmm. into a larger family adventure. Yeah. So something you guys might I don't know if you know this about Kim, but Kim is actually an interior designer and very gifted in that. So her family culture is all about hospitality. If you ever get to meet her personally, she's going to roll out the red carpet and you are going to literally love everything that she does. (laughs) You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like a queen or king for as long as you're staying with her. So I just want to start with, you know, Kim, how did you start incorporating your personal love of design into creating these spaces of connection and hospitality? Mm -hmm. Well, so my story is kind of typical in that I go to college, get a degree, work in design. You know, I'm, everybody says how you're so creative, you're so talented, you're so this or that. I get a great job. I'm working in Manhattan at one of the top hospitality design firms in the country. Love the work I do, but I get pregnant. And mm. we decide to have as a you family. do sometimes as you do when you get married, <laughs> and we everything shifted. You know, it always yeah. been a desire of mine to be at home with my kids. You know, my mom was at home with me, although she had various various roles throughout that time, various mm. different types of jobs, part time jobs, and my husband and I had talked about how this was what we wanted for us, and you know, for us, we live 
at the time we were living in New York City. And, you know, the big dream is the suburbs, right? So we just happened sure. to be at a friend's house when I was pregnant with my daughter, my oldest. And we were like, oh my gosh, the promised land. And so we <laughs> suburbia. <laughs> we move outside of Manhattan and you know, there comes, it's wonderful, but it comes at a cost. And so if I were to have gone back to work, you know, for us, and I know everyone's story is different, that would have been been seven to seven outside the home by the time you figure in your hour commute each way. It would have been quite a bit of money to spend on your train pass every month. It's not cheap. And then the subway pass, once you get, you know, into the city, you know, between the time and the money it would have taken for me to continue that role you know, I would have almost been paying to work, you yeah. know, because I yeah. was still pretty young in my career. Um, and so, and I think just... that's the story for a lot of parents, mm-hmm. you know, it's like when they evaluate childcare costs, plus travel, plus mm-hmm. the time, you know, it ultimately ends up being, you know, it's a wash. It's like, well, yeah. I don't want to just work, work so that someone else can watch my kid. I might as well do it myself. Yeah. yeah and sure. so I definitely, you know, did all the things, came home, became a stay-at-home mom, did the play groups, did it all. And I really wrestled with, okay, now who am I as a mom? Am I still a designer? Am I still creative? Like who, you know, if I stop designing, does that mean I'm still a designer? Is it something you are at heart? Is it something who you are? Is it something you do? And, and, you know, as I started to learn about personal values and family values, I knew that creativity and even design was something that I wanted to incorporate into my life as a mom. And so when my kids were very young, maybe I wasn't doing interior design, but I was definitely made choices in my home that would facilitate creativity and art Mm. with my children. And so So if I can't be in a creative environment, what can I do to make my home in a creative environment? And so it took me a a few years to figure out that I had agency over that and really decided to create to approach everything I do as a designer and as a creative. Yeah. And what are some ways I can think out of the box? What is, you know, we so can, can you give me an example? Yeah. Like in your yeah. own home, cause I know your own home is like this, like mwah, amazing <laughs> space. So, yeah. So what was that like? Like, how did you start like, you know, doing these little projects in your own home? Yeah. So everything we did in our home was based on it was designed with the intent of how do we want to interact with each other as a family? How do I want to interact with my kids? How do I want people to feel when they come into my home? And so that's mm. where it extended to hospitality. And I'm I'm an extrovert. I love to be surrounded by people. So I really yeah. worked on making my home and how we entertain people. Right. You know, but it became about what that experience was, how we were making people feel. And so- yeah. You know, and that becomes really important. That was really important to me, especially being a stay-at-home mom and starting over in suburbia and not knowing anybody and, you know, just what are the spaces that I'm creating? So in terms of, you know, just my kids, we we had a whole playroom and bins full of things that they could be creative with. I Mm -hmm. wanted a space where we could get messy and not have to worry about cleaning it up all the time. So like little things, that's the difference between buying a beautiful table for your playroom or buying something that they can get totally beat up because you're going to trash it and you're going to replace it because you want, (laughs) right. You want your kids to be creative. You you need things that you don't care if there's finger paint on it or if it gets messed up. And so, yeah, that's like number one rule of design for a mom. It's like, do not buy a white couch when you have toddlers, just don't do it. Yes, (laughs) yes, exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah. And so I felt like the, the spaces in our house just became places where we could be creative. So we've, we've done, awesome. you know, renovations on the home that we're in. We live mm-hmm. in a community where our home was built in the 1930s. Our whole communities was built in and around like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And so when wow. you move into these homes, they're not really made for modern living and they need to be updated. And, and so, you know, we did the basement, we made sure we had a craft room, we got cabinetry from Ikea that would store craft supplies. And we had a table where I could, the kids could sit, where it was tall enough that I could stand and work with them and work with my kids. And, and so, we're, it, you know, I used my design skills or my design approach to really approach how we wanted to live as a family. And so I always kept that in the forefront of my mind. Plus there were like, I I had freelance projects along the way that kind of try to try to stay fresh and try to stay, you know, a little bit dipping my toe back in the industry every now and then. So, so what I hear you saying is that, you know, throughout the, the, especially when your kids were young, you're still designing, right? Mm -hmm. You're still sort of designing spaces with intentionality. Mm-hmm. And so now that brings us to this crossroads where you're you and your husband are like, hey, let's buy this short-term rental yeah. and and step our our toes in that kind of water. Yeah. So sort of what inspired that next step as a family and, and you know kind of what brought it to life. Right. So I don't really have a good answer for this, meaning that, you know, <laughs> when but me and my husband have had conversations about this. So I think it's okay for me to share it. Um yeah. You know, when I first, when we first started dating, I was like, oh, I want to flip houses. Before, before there was ever a Chip and Joanna Gaines, I was like, I want to <laughs> flip houses. You were secretly Joanna yeah. Gaines. You yeah. wanted to be Joanna. Yes. I get it. And I even had this notion that we could build a brand around it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a realist. You're a dreamer. <laughs> like there was a lot of that going on in the early years. And I should have, like, part of me is like, I should have seen that as a red flag. But <laughs> you're like, Carl, missed opportunity. Yes. <laughs> Um, it could have been a Michi in yes. Waco. <laughs> I know. I know. That's all right. That's good, right? Um, all the time. It's so good. So I've always had that entrepreneurial drive. I've always wanted to do something like, I'm, you know, I love before and after videos, yeah. and reels and Instagrams, and I love transforming things and I love being creative. And so I'd always said to him, let's do this. And occasionally mm-hmm. I'd, I'd kind of resurface those suggestions and he always had like the interest rates are too high or this yeah. is not right yeah. or this is not right and we can't do this and he was always he wasn't necessarily interested in you know that those ideas and you know he had he had a good job you know mm-hmm. then why, why do we need to do those things right and I, I to be honest at some point something changed within him and when we decided to make this purchase it was him kind of letting me know he had this big idea and I was like, what? What? Like, you're like, you know. come again? I've been <laughs> saying this idea for 15 years. <laughs> and I think it was sort of, um, you know, it was like, you know, not in the height of the pandemic, but during the pandemic, he had gone down mm. to Florida and he just started looking through neighborhoods, looking at different types of neighborhoods, trying to get a sense of their personality. And I think he just got it in his head. I think we should do this. And I think now is the time. And so I have to say, I was a little resistant. I wasn't super supportive at first because I felt like all of those years I wanted to do this. And now all of a sudden, this is your idea. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) sure. There was a lot of heart issue that had to be settled within me. I had to really decide, am I going to be a resistance to this or am I going to come alongside and and are we going to do this together? And so that was a real learning growth, growth process for me. Yeah. 
saying, okay, Lord, I let go of these dreams and now you're bringing them back to me. And this is not a convenient time for you to bring them back for me. Yeah. So I don't really know what's going on here. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's that, those are the challenges, you know, part of the challenges that you met with and, you know, my husband and I, our journey is, is not dramatically different in that sense. You know, I, I'm not a designer for your listening. Those who are listening, (laughs) I am my business partner in our short-term rental is the designer in our project. But I think it's like every single time that you step out in business, in entrepreneurship, especially as a family, mm-hmm. there there are challenges. And so this is kind of one of your unique ones. They're like, man, I've been pushing this idea across the table for years. And now all of a sudden you're like, it's my idea. You're like, you can't take ownership of that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get all the credit for this. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you kind of get around that, that thought process or that challenge rather? And then, you know, it very clearly aligns with your family culture and mm-hmm. your goals. So sort of how did you step into that next space, you know, in unity and moving forward with yeah. it? So I would love to say that it like all came together and, you know, I had this revelation from God and he said, this is what you're going to be doing but that's not how it worked. We, you know, we, we actually bought the property before it was even built. So my husband kind of let me know that he made a down payment on this property that's getting built. And I was like, where is it? Yeah. I had never even been to where it was, you know, it wasn't. Oh, where, where is it by the way? It's in Cape, Cape Coral, Florida, which is on the West coast of Florida. It's just above Naples and south of Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been there. It is yeah. absolutely delightful. We might talk about that later, yeah. but okay, yeah. carry on. So you um, bought this unbuilt property. <laughs> yes. And we were buying it from a guy who's just buying up lots and building these houses. So it was right. very, not, not like we're working with a big corporation or a big community builder. It was just like, yeah, this guy's going to build this place. I'm like, mm-hmm. huh. Like I had no say as a designer, it was extremely difficult for me to have no say in what it looked like, how it was built, knowing that this thing is getting built. We had no, we couldn't change anything about it. Even all the finishes went in and he's like, look, I'm not a high, I don't have a high profit margin. I can't be customizing these things. This is what it is. And I'm like, really? Like I'm thinking to my husband, (laughs) we're going to do, this is what we're going to do. I have all these these talents and these gifts. And you're telling me I can't even move a window or pick the countertops. Right. Um, You're like, you get the base model, Kim, the base of the base base model. (laughs) And so I, I really struggled. And, and because of the process was so long, meaning that I think we put a down payment on it in February and there was no completion date. It was like, we don't know. It'll be done when it's done. So we had no idea yeah. when we were closing. We spent the whole summer going, it may happen any day now. And then we're going to have yeah. to fly down there and take care of this. And so um, we closed on it in September, like literally the first, the weekend before school started or something, like something crazy. We flew home on the Monday and then Tuesday's the first day of school or something yeah. crazy. Or it was after, or it was a third or fourth day of school. It was the most right. inopportune time. The worst time to tell me I've got to now leave my kids and I've got to fly down here to close on a property I've never seen. Right. You know, and be excited about this. Right. And I can't do anything that I want to do. And, and so I think a large part of it was, you know, I was just in denial that it was happening. So I could kind of ignore it. So yeah. it was a long, yeah. slow process <laughs> until I said, oh, this is, this is happening. Like mm-hmm. this, this, this is happening. 
there's no going back. And so we bought it in September and then the hurricane hit in October. I think yeah, that's right. October. Yeah. Wow. And so it it was an interesting another time where I was like, God, really? Are you really <laughs> working in this? Are, are you speaking to my husband or is because I don't think it's it doesn't seem like it, right? This doesn't seem blessed of the Lord <laughs> right. right now. <laughs> uh, you know, and so we we were we did con- connect with a contractor down there. We were interviewing mm-hmm. contractors before we even closed on the property. So we, you know, we were doing these FaceTime videos with these contractors and saying, hey, we don't own the property yet, but I think you can get in the back door. And if you go in and give us a price, FaceTime us when you get there. I mean, really yeah. not, not the way, like as a designer, <laughs> I would want to approach a project, right? So <laughs> you're like, this goes against everything in my being. <laughs> everything, right? So, so the advice that I would give other, yeah. you know, interested investors is not... Yeah the way I do do it this way. Yeah. 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 But honestly, it worked out. We, we, the the property weathered the storm and we, Mm -hmm. you know, we was able to do some work. So the idea was to take this contractor grade. I mean, when I talk about contractor grade, like there was no thought put into some of the light placement and, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the, the shower doors didn't even hold the water back. There were things that were clearly, you know, not great quality work done because they weren't living there. They weren't thinking about it. They didn't know how people use the space. They weren't considering it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what we were buying. Yeah. And so, you know, we had a transformation to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you were like, you've considered this idea of a short-term rental, you're sometimes your best upside is actually going to come from places that have been neglected mm-hmm. or poorly designed. I mean, yeah. my my property was most definitely a neglect project. Mm-hmm. You know, a gentleman had lived there for years and years. It was it is a cabin, and so you know, log cabin. It is yeah. a tremendous amount of maintenance, and so that for years and years. So we picked it up, and and again, like that was how we sort of started was renovating and replacing and. Mm-hmm. And moving things where they, you you came into just this model and you're like, okay, we need to create this space. And so, you know, you, you talk a lot, Kim, about, you know, building a unique space involves a lot of decisions. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you kind of design to the, the people that you want to host? Mm-hmm. And so can you talk a little bit about that? Like, you know, you came up this very <laughs> not very well thought out plan and then how did you kind of go into the space yeah well I think like As the designer yeah I mean I wanted it to be a space that I loved I just wasn't interested in just slapping some materials together and then hoping somebody rent it, rents it right and and as as a person who uses Airbnb when we travel, because we have three kids, mm. so it's either you get ho- two hotel rooms or somebody's on the floor. So we, for a long time, have been using these short-term rentals as the way we travel. And so I knew it want, I wanted it to be a place that I would want to go to. But I also knew that I wanted it to be a place that could be a time of connection for people and families. So the, you know, when it came time to just create the look of it, I wanted it to be vibrant and I wanted it to be special and I wanted it to be 
thought out and well done. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we didn't have a budget to do whatever we wanted, but, you know, as a designer and just from my own experience of like knowing what to splurge on, what not to splurge on, you know, when to go to Target and when to, you know, do some other things. So like, for example, in our place, (laughs) we have two of the rooms have custom wallpaper. I mean, who would ever, like everyone thought I was crazy, Mm. but like that is like, those are the photographs and those are the rooms that people are like, oh my gosh, I love it because it's, it's something that they love aesthetically, but they would never do in their house because they're too nervous to be, to make that bold of a statement. And so just taking risks and doing it the way I would want it to be like, if I were staying someplace, what would I want in a room? What would I want in amenities? Right. We, we we decided to to take those risks and and splurge in those areas, you know. But all the utensils are from Target, and you know. Right. <laughs> so where do you? Yeah, want... and I think that that's really important to differentiate, you know, for mm-hmm. your family. For you know, if this is something you're interested in, it's it's like create a budget mm-hmm. and then work work within that budget. But I agree wholeheartedly that the the things that you splurge on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say are the ones that you want to capture on your images. You know, mm-hmm. it's like those, mm-hmm. those images, even like you, when you go search for a VRBO or something like mm-hmm. that, you're, you're looking aesthetically for the places that your family's going to gather. And what yeah. does that look like? You kind of envision yourself there. Yeah. And so what does that look like? I, that's where you splurge. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of it, you're like, yeah, anybody can use an old wooden spoon from Target. Nobody cares, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I love that. When so I I know exactly what you're talking about because I've stayed at your mm-hmm. your VRBO or S short term rental in Florida and yes the custom wallpaper is absolute dynamite <laughs> I'm like Kim can you please just come to my house and do that in all of my rooms because you feel like royalty mm-hmm. you know there's something very elevated about the spaces that you have created there. So can you kind of talk through, you know, your, your decision-making process when it came to those types of spaces, you know, how Mm -hmm. do you look at the space and then, you know, where do you go really bold and where do you stay, play it really safe? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I mentioned before, it's a, it was a total cost, uh, contractor special, you know, bare, bare, Mm -hmm. bare minimum. And the problem that you have in spaces like those is that they don't feel cozy. And so one of the first things that we decided that we were going to do is put shiplap in the living room. And then we extended it to the hallway because we didn't want it to just like mm-hmm. a feature. We wanted to be able to draw that throughout the space. We put shiplap in a different direction in the little mud room, which is really just a little corner. And then we brought it mm-hmm. into the, the bathroom, mm-hmm. bathroom and the master. And so just that one thing. Again, that's something that I had people be like, you're ridiculous. I can't believe that you're going to be spending that much money and into a rental. <laughs> and, you know, there there are rules. If you spend a little bit of money, you can charge more money. You know, it's, you know, it's not completely lost, but it definitely is an upfront investment and choice. And so we, as soon as we started seeing the construction and the, and the shiplap go up, we were like, this this was the right thing to do because it immediately made that space feel cozy. And yeah. it actually has, the living space has pretty tall mm-hmm. ceilings. And even though it's got tall ceilings, it really just instantly warmed up that space. And so that was something we knew we wanted to do. And then with the wallpapers, like I, 
I love color and I love vibrancy. And I saw that wallpaper and I was like, that is it. And I really had some restrictions on what I do as well because, <laughs> I know, because I wanted something. So the idea is I have, so it's two units, it's a duplex. So it houses two units. And I knew mm-hmm. that on the other side, in order to eliminate decision fatigue, it was going to be the same. I was going to treat both sides the same exact way with different color palettes. So part of my challenge was Mm -hmm. really finding things that were available in two different color schemes. So we chose orange and Mm -hmm. green. And so that eliminates a lot of things. So, you know, how do you get this? So this wallpaper company had it in orange and they had it in green. And I was like, there we go. And usually when it comes to design and what I like to do with people is you pick one element that you absolutely fall in love with, and then you build everything around that. And so it really was built around these, this wallpaper and everything else kind of flowed from Mm -hmm. that. And so I would, you know, the wallpaper was custom, but the like I said, like the the bed sheets and the comforters from Amazon and the blankets that go over the bed are from Etsy. And they yeah. were surprisingly not that expensive, but they matched. And so, yeah. you know, I think that the things that you're like head over heels for is what I want to spend the money on and then make everything else right. kind of come around it and complement right. it. That's kind of where you can say, all right, well, I can spend a little bit less money on these things. Yeah. And I love that too, that, you know, because for someone who is not aesthetically or design inclined like myself, (laughs) it's very useful to have that kind of idea, right? It's like, this is what I love and I'm Mm going to, this is going to sort of color, not Mm -hmm. to, you know, but it colors everything else. So you, you take your color palette from that, you, you restrict design, like you said, which allows for you to actually stay within sort of a theme and and that helps it seem cohesive as well it creates this yeah. really beautifully cohesive space that's the one thing that i would say about your place that, that from the moment you walk through the door there's no element that is glaringly out of place mm-hmm. you know it just there's a flow to the space you do feel it's cozy, mm-hmm. it's comfortable, and it's beautiful. Like it's a space you want to rest in. It's a space you want to celebrate in. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about that, where it's like, like how do you practically create these this environment that people feel at home in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we named it the Cozy Cape Coral Retreat. That's our Instagram name, because I do I did want it to be a retreat from the everyday. When I go down there with my family, I want us to feel like it's an oasis. I want to feel like it's something special. We can Mm -hmm. talk about more about this later, but we actually hosted, just came down to our place because we hosted a retreat. So a small group of us that do this type of work online, we got together to just spend the weekend together, to reflect, to pray, to talk Mm. about what's coming next for us in our futures and really connect with one another. And so it was important for me for it to be a a retreat. And so, you know, right. For us, it just has to do with, you know, the finishes and the colors and the amenities. Every room has Mm -hmm. a, a quilt on it, but we also have a big cozy blanket 
do I need the blanket? Not really. But not only does it comp, does it nice for aesthetics, but it's they're cozy and they're comfortable and you can take it and you could take it outside and sit mm. on the water in the morning when it's a little bit chilly and you can snuggle up and watch a movie with your family yeah. with it. And so I I put mm. I wanted those extra it's those extra things that really make it feel cozy. And so, you know, even <clears throat> in the living room, right. we have we would call it task lighting, but it's an addition, it's a light that sits in the corner so that you can turn down those overheads and have light. Do we need that light to light this space? No, we have plenty of lighting, but that task lighting then makes that room so much more cozier at the end of the day when you've gone kayaking, you've gone to the beach or you've spent the day in the pool and you just want to rest. That lighting allows you to shift the mood and just snuggle in with Mm. your loved ones. And so those are little things that you could say, oh, we don't really need, especially when you're dealing with a rental, but those, those are the things that matter. And we were just down there recently with family and I found that they always turned that light on. They didn't even bother with the overhead lights that we we had our family down there. We had <laughs> my in-laws came and then my daughter brought her boyfriend and my other my other daughter brought her friend. And that's that's how we spent the time was in those in that lighting. I know this seems like it's a little piece of the puzzle, but it, it makes a big yeah. difference. Oh, I think lighting is <laughs> everything, honestly. And you probably know the word for this. There's like a, a very specific, I think it's a Swedish word. And it's all about like designing the space, but lighting has everything to do with it. Like they have candles strategically placed and like all this stuff to create the atmosphere of relaxation, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really important actually. Yeah. I want to kind of pivot to something, you know, because anytime that as a family, you launch into a new endeavor and and one that's really actually quite big that will affect multiple aspects mm-hmm. of your family dynamic. Can you share a little bit how this project affected your family life? How did you maintain, you know, the semblance of work-life balance? I mean, you mentioned you're down mm-hmm. there signing and then the kids are going back to school, you know, like two days later. So how did you sort of find a rhythm or, you know, what was it like to launch this project, you know, while you were still, you know, in your regular personal everyday life? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I didn't realize what it would take, especially, so a couple of things were at play. If anybody listens, listens to the podcast on a regular basis and you were around last fall, you probably would notice that I don't, didn't post any podcast episodes in September and even a little bit in October. I I didn't anticipate that I would be hands-on with this project so much. You know, it, it entailed me going down there, you know, almost once a week, you know, for three or four days and then flying home and then kind of taking care of everybody and then flying back down. And because so it was an investment from your family, like to release yeah. you to do it as well, yeah. like pretty significant. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I have older kids, which helped, but I definitely needed to change the way I approach family life. So, you know, you know, I would make sure that my kids had meals. I would make sure it was obvious what they should be eating for lunch because my husband was still working full time. Like he's, he's not, he wasn't able to necessarily like step into the role of mom and I mm-hmm. needed to kind of trust. And when we talk about like timing and, and why now, like I was able to, because there were certain systems that I put into place with my family, I was able to trust that my kids were going to be okay, that I had like trained right. them for this, even though I didn't really know that that's what I was doing. And right. so they were in some ways very independent. Mm-hmm. And if I put together a meal plan, 
they didn't have a problem cooking. They're not so great at like figuring out what to cook. But if I had a meal plan and the ingredients right. in the fridge, cause I'd shopped ahead of time, they were able to cook for themselves and cook for dad yeah. or, and then also just enlisting the help of community, like, Hey, like scheduling, I might, my, my middle daughter, she could drive. So a lot of the carpooling and stuff was already handled, but in the instances where I didn't have that kind of coverage, I was, you know, I asked friends to step in and, Hey, could you take care of this? And right. And, and so it did take a different sort of approach. And for us, you know, I look back and I certainly, we certainly could have done this project faster and more efficiently, but there was just so many unknowns with the hurricane. I mean, there were, there was times when I'd fly down and there were no rental cars and I had to do Toro, which is kind of like the Airbnb or VRBO for cars. So you're actually like renting somebody's car. And so there's not a single car in Cape Coral, the Fort Fort Myers airport available. And I'd be like, okay. And like, (laughs) I would go down there, like for, I couldn't go down there for two weeks because we had no electricity. And then once I finally got down there, there was no internet, which was problematic because I'm down there building furniture, taking deliveries, going, oh, I need this, I need this, and I need this. And instead of just hopping on my computer for Amazon. And ordering them, yeah. Right, like I'm driving around trying to find a Starbucks that actually has power or internet because it really, the the area was really devastated. devastated. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, it felt like everything was taking a lot longer. You weren't getting responses as fast. Things weren't getting shipped as fast. And then, you know, that in addition to the normal, you know, bumps that come along the way when you're doing a construction project. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I love that you said though, Kimberly, you had systems in place beforehand that allowed mm-hmm. you to have the freedom and trust that not only would your kids be equipped, but your husband is equipped too to kind mm-hmm. of carry on and and do what needed to be done at minimal, right? You know, mm-hmm. to, to the degree that it that it they kept, they kept going on, right. You know, yeah. like yeah. it wasn't to the standard that we probably would have done it, but Hey, they, yeah. they didn't lack food and they yes. got to where they needed to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I think that that's really important to, when you start or when you consider doing a business project as a family mm-hmm. is what skills or, you know, do you need to teach your family what independence do you need to release to them mm-hmm. potentially before you step into that or be willing to let them fail mm-hmm. during it, which mm-hmm. I think that's another whole, that could be a whole nother session, I think. Yeah. You know, so what were sort of the key components that came together uh, that made your, your VRBO, your, <clears throat> your short-term rental successful? Like how did mm-hmm. it kind of culminate once the, once yeah. the hurricane complications kicked off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like skills and developing systems, I mean, you know, part of the way that I've parent is I'm raising an adult. Mm -hmm. I'm raising somebody Mm -hmm. who's going to be on their own. So a lot of the things that I've done is based on natural consequences and Mm -hmm. preparing them and simulating real world experiences in my own home. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. whether it's money, you know, or chores or pitching in, you know, I expect them that, that I expect that they have a part to play and they don't just yeah. get off the hook because, you know, they're full-time in school and that's their only job. Well, no, they, they have to learn that they, as an adult, they're going to have to go to work and they're still have to going to have to come home and they're going to have responsibilities. So right. 
So let's simulate that by you go to school, you play a sport. Yeah, but you still have to unload the dishwasher. You don't get it. <laughs> so, so I have really, the routines and the rhythms of our house are them taking care of our home. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. about what can you pitch in. And, and sort of now that I have two in college, I'm like, who's going to clean my house? No. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But we, you know, there's there's less... You know, my there's son less hands. Left, there's less but, hands. Less hands. My son is left to do some things, and I can't expect him to do everything. So I'm like, wow. Yeah, I'm really starting to see how much yeah. you know they did. But you know, even a basic chore chart lightens the loaded dinner. Like, are we in the habit of everybody playing a part when dinner's over? Or does everybody have mm-hmm. a part in communicating communication with each other? You know, I can't mm-hmm. leave if I know you're not communicating with each other. You're not communicating with dad. You're not communicating your needs. Mm-hmm. What's the rhythm of What's the communication like in our home? And so those were just some things that helped us, you know, because I can imagine what would happen if I had have been like, okay, mom's out, like you're yeah. on your own. Yeah. I think it would have been more difficult. Yeah. You you can't just, I mean, you can, and people do just mm-hmm. up and I'm going to go mm-hmm. do this thing, you know, mm-hmm. but then, then you have serious you know, fallout, I think from Mm -hmm. that emotionally, mentally, and, and even practically Mm -hmm. in a, you know, very real sense. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important. What advice would you give for a couple or family looking to kind of do this? Mm -hmm. You know, is there any specific advice that you would recommend before they launch out into doing a short-term rental specifically? Yeah. Well, I think it's important to consider the costs, whether it's financially mm-hmm. or time. You know, for us, our short-term rental is far away. Not everybody's is. <clears throat> I have a friend who bought a short-term rental at the same time I did, and hers was an hour away. So she could drive mm-hmm. up and be back before her kids got out of school. She had much younger kids. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are all things to consider. How is our family life going to be impacted? Financially, how are we going to be, how is it going to be impacted you know, we knew that we were in, in making an investment and mm-hmm. most of the startup money was borrowed, but we knew it was an investment. We made sure that the numbers made sense. We made sure it was a, a sound investment. There's tools online that help you determine the area that you're looking to buy, what percentage of their short-term rentals are booked. You know, if it's above mm-hmm. 50%, you're good. If it's below 50 you know, there's a lot of tools online. I don't know like I said, our our route wasn't necessarily a traditional route. It was kind of just mm-hmm. like, let's go for it. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a lot of tools online that help you kind of assess your risk and, you know, helping you decide what kind of client you want, decide what kind of client you want, decide what you want willing to invest. Mm-hmm. Those, those are the things I would think to consider, you know, because ours wasn't like the traditional route. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think overall, though, I would say, one of the things that me and my husband have said to one another is like, we just did it. We just ripped the bandaid off. I mean, mm-hmm. here's the thing. Our kids are older. My husband did have a, a a steady, good job where we, you know, had our finances in order before mm-hmm. we chose this. So, you know, at this point in our lives and pretty much the way we've tried to live is no consumer debt. You yeah, know, we have yeah. we have a 2012 minivan that we're going to drive until all of our kids are in school. Like <laughs> we weren't taking yeah. on debt we didn't need, you know, yeah. you know, 
we owed some money on the house, but for the most part, like we were in a good place that if we had to tighten the belt in certain areas, we could, but we also had equity in our home that we could use. And so, so just all of those conversations, but we do look back and we're like, wow, we could have just like, once the band-aids ripped off, I don't know about you, Jess, but I'm kind of like, what are we buying next? Like, yeah. is this a two-year plan? Are we going to do this every two years? And what would yeah. it look like to do this again? Because it is such a fun, for me, it was such a fun experience. It's so fulfilling. Um, like once you rip that Band-Aid off and you just say, yeah. I'm going to go for it, it's really exhilarating. And we we wish we had done it sooner. I mean, I don't think like yeah. me and my husband have had lots of conversations over the last two months about like, should we have done this? And should we have done that? And you know, I don't think we were ready earlier as much as I mm. wanted to be the next Chip and Joanna Gaines before yeah. the them. Yeah. I don't think we were ready. I don't think our, we didn't have things established in our home, established in our relationship that would sustain us through it. Yeah. So, well, I, I think mean, that's really important. Before. You're talking about sustainability, you know, and well, twofold, I would ask two questions. The first one is sort of around this idea of have a goal, you know, you need to have a goal for your short-term rental. Is it to make revenue and that it becomes a a cash, you know, a cash cow, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is it that you want it to cover its cost, you're making an investment, and that you and your family can enjoy this vacation property, you know, on a regular basis mm-hmm. yourselves? You know, yeah. kind of, you. there are multiple reasons why people get into short-term rentals. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's really, really important to determine what are your family goals as mm-hmm. it relates to this adventure. Mm-hmm. And once you establish that for, for my husband and myself and our business partners, because we actually did this with another couple. So I think that's another thing to consider is that mm-hmm. you don't have to do this all on your own. There are many other families that you know would probably be on board. Now, obviously, vet those individuals. If they have an entrepreneurial side or background, they're probably a more informed partner, I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, you can do this with with other people and share the load and share the responsibility. That has worked better for us personally. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, I'm not a designer and and the wife of the couple that we are partnered with, she's she has a great eye for design. So all of the designs on our property are hers. Mm-hmm. But the practical, like you said, sourcing you know, different types of furniture and spaces and things like that. My husband and I, that's, that's our jam. Like we're like, Mm -hmm. we're going to flea markets. We're finding this, we're, you know, what do you need? We're going to go find it. And so we do that and try to, to do that, but set a goal for your property. Did you have a goal in mind? Like you said, you just, we just went for it, but did you have a goal before you set out on this journey? Well, like you mentioned, I think we love the idea of having a place that we can enjoy with with our family, but we just can't afford to carry a second house yeah. as much as yeah. we love a vacation house. And so this was to us one of the ways we could do that. We mm. would like it to to also be profitable. I think mm-hmm. during COVID, a lot of people saw the need for multiple streams of income. And mm-hmm. what would it look like if things shift? Are we prepared to to weather that storm and and short term rentals after you? take care of your payback, your initial investment. They have the potential mm-hmm. to do that for sure. Mm-hmm. And and kind of a bonus that happened with this property that we didn't anticipate was that it is near my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. They're just north in Fort Myers. And mm-hmm. then my mother-in-law and father-in-law are on the West Coast or in the East Coast in Jupiter. And mm-hmm. 
they recently moved. I mean, they've moved in the last two years. And so wow. our family holidays, our family visitation with them has changed dynamically. We went from all of them being within an hour of us to not being able to see them whenever we want. And so mm -hmm. this, a bonus feature of this, and this isn't why we bought it, but as we were in the process, we're like, oh, this is kind of neat. Like I would fly down there and I would go to lunch with my brother-in-law and get to see yeah. my nieces and nephew and my sister-in-law. And so, and then, you know, well, I went down there with my husband to sort of finalize some things and his mom came over. And so yeah. it has it provided something for our family that, you know, as our family life has changed, this is really nice. If we want to go down there for Thanksgiving, if we want to go down there for Christmas, we have our yeah, own sure. place to stay and we're in proximity to family members that used to live right down down the street for all intents yeah. and purposes. And so... And hey, that is... Yeah. Don't underestimate the beauty of that. Like yeah. you're not going, it's not Griswold's family Christmas and you're shacked up with uncle. Yeah. What's his face? You're like, I have my own space. <laughs> yeah, We're still yeah. going to get to see each other, but I'm going to, I'm going to sleep in a space that I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that's just like a bonus. And so like, yeah. I look back at like God and his goodness and I'm like, well, you knew, you know, ahead of time that mm, we were going to miss that. these family members and that we you know, my husband did not go looking for property so we could be near his family, but yeah. it really, I think it's really beneficial for us as a whole that that, mm -hmm. that that is what it is. So it serves many different purposes for our family. And I think that, yeah, we're just leaning into all of them and so grateful mm -hmm. and so appreciative. Yeah. I love that. And, and I would just a word of caution, I think, for anybody who is considering to do this, or maybe has, like you said, they've ripped the Band-Aid off. They're like in the first stages of, of doing a short-term rental. You know, don't set the expectation that this thing is going to, you know, replace your your income right away. You know, over time and, and with multiple venues and things like that, that's a very real possibility. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our personal goals were that, you know, our place would cover its costs and that it would afford us a, and I say this with quotations, mm -hmm. with a free <laughs> vacation, yeah. you know, on occasion. Yeah. And so that was sort of our goals and, and our business partners had a similar goal. So because we were aligned in that, then, you know, as you hit like seasons where you didn't have as much, as many bookings, you know, we were continuing to reinvest whatever capital we had into mm -hmm. upgrading the property, mm -hmm. into, you know, paying down the mortgage, all that kind of stuff. And we haven't personally made any revenue from right. it, but again, it's covered all of its costs, all of its renovations. And, you know, it continues to be a place where we all love to visit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and our place is north of us. So we, one of the reasons why we bought it, so you, you bought it because you were like, love Florida, yeah. you know, and then you kind of find out oh, my, fam sun. my family's yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. Probably the opposite. Cause you're in the Northeast and you buy this like beautiful beach place or, you know, coastal place. And then I am in the desert in Phoenix and we bought a place up in the mountains in Flagstaff. So when it's blazes, it's hot as blazes here, then we can go up there and it's 30 degrees cooler, almost always consistently. That's so fun. I didn't even think of, you know, until you mentioned this to me that like yeah. you guys actually look for a place to go that's <laughs> Where it's cooler. cooler in <laughs> <Yes>. the summer. <laughs> yes. So, cause that's, you know, and, and again, these are all things that 
we consider and you mm-hmm. should consider as you're looking for a location. Mm-hmm. I loved the fact that you talked about a friend of yours who had a property that was very close, mm-hmm. but you decided that you didn't mind that you, you, you know, you have to fly to your place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's another level of like risk. You know, mm-hmm. you have to evaluate your comfort level with yeah. not being right there to go Mm -hmm. check on the place. So can you talk Mm -hmm. through that, like how you made that decision and sort of how you maybe mitigate some of that concern around, Mm -hmm. oh gosh, like how's the property doing? You know, how do you, how do you manage that? Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said. I mean, just logistically, the Fort Myers airport is so easy to get in and out of. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I flew down there quite a number of times and selfishly, I loved like you know, getting my, my miles so I can, you know, mm-hmm. fly my, my girls home from college, you know, on miles <laughs> now because, because <laughs> I've flown you're down so there many. so much, <laughs> but logistically it, it's just an easy airport to get in and out of. So that's a consideration. If you're, if you're looking to, you know, travel someplace or buy a property someplace, mm-hmm. how easy is it to get in and out? There's yeah. a vast difference between getting in and out of JFK than there is the Fort Myers airport. And so, Absolutely. you know, where it's located was was very helpful for that. You know, it's actually not for us, and it depends on where you're coming from in the country, is not super expensive to fly into. I mean, I definitely wish it was closer because I think we might utilize it a little bit more. but you know, what, you know, a lot of it had to do with what kind of experience we wanted for mm-hmm, us as a family. Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. like you, we wanted to have a place that supported itself and that would allow us to have time together. And so we're not like she bought up in the Adirondacks and we're not big skiers. We don't ski. Yeah, we're yeah. not big mountain people, but I did question, Oh, well maybe we should have bought someplace that was closer. This would yeah. have been easier and we could go there more often, but you know, I just feel like, well, maybe the next one, maybe the next one's closer. Maybe the next one's a different type of experience for us. And so, so Kim, you leverage, you want to be, you leverage a a property manager though, at your place, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you have a property manager. Can you talk a little bit about how you found your property manager and, you know, like what's your experience been in that, in that way? Yeah. So we work with a management company called Evolve and mm-hmm. we shopped around for that. So I'd recommend shopping shopping around. There are certain management companies that are, you know, more prevalent in the area that you're in, but mm-hmm. we found them and then they were able to ref, refer us to someone in the area that they work with on properties. And she is our, you know, person on the ground. And so mm-hmm. she's the person that our guests talk to when they have an issue. So if something's broken or, they have questions or they're having trouble getting in or out or whatever. She kind of, she's our person on the ground. And then also we can contact her to say, Hey, like I see that X, Y, and Z, you know, like the kayaks weren't put away. We have, we have cameras on the exterior of the house. Cause we did, mm-hmm. we built a dock and we put kayaks out and, mm-hmm. you know, with that's the oars and the life jackets. And so there's, you talk about risk. I mean, you're like, <laughs> Yeah, it's, you, you know, don't, it's you not, don't hook those up. They're floating down the yeah, canal. You're like, they're gone. <laughs> you know, so we call her occasionally and we're like, hey, we saw that the kayaks weren't put back correctly. Could you go ahead and just swing by and make sure they're locked? Or like, oh, these are like mm-hmm. little things. So mm-hmm. she is our person on the ground, but she also 
you know, lives in that community. So she's able to refer us to handyman and she's the one who love said, that. Hey, love this landscaper. These are great pool guys. Cause we need somebody to maintain the pool. Um, mm-hmm. So she's able to refer us. So having someone you trust on the ground is really important. She, yeah. you know, never makes us feel like we're asking stupid questions. We probably ask her so many questions that I'm sure it's like, all right, already. No, but please Um, do ask the questions. No, you don't ask the question and then you have complications. So Mm -hmm. ask, you know, ask as many questions as you have, because especially like sourcing your on the ground, you know, face to face Mm -hmm. person Mm -hmm. is, is crucial. It's vital. In fact, we, we've gone through several property managers personally and so that's actually why I asked the question, because mm-hmm. it can be very, very challenging to yeah. find that person. But if you have a great property manager, and and we have had a very good experience with mm-hmm. at least one of them, <laughs> and it, it just, you release a lot of the stress and the ongoing Oh, now this is this way, and you know you you're not dealing with the guests on a, a regular basis mm-hmm. necessarily. So that's mm-hmm. a huge relief, but you off you also spend for that, you know. So mm-hmm. that's a, a pretty big expense, at least for us. It is a line mm-hmm. item, but again, we don't have to then worry about it. And and they're very very communicative with guests, which is mm-hmm. really important. So I want to kind of talk about the guest experience as well. You know how can how can a guest get the most out of out of your specific place when they stay at your property? Like, how do they get the most out of staying at a short term rental? Yeah. So you know, like you said, like we we pay for someone to be there and be available to them. So mm-hmm. I, I I hope I'm not speaking incorrectly, but she's there for you to call and say, hey, you know, we're new to the area. Like we have some questions. She's there to answer mm-hmm. those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, we do provide a book that says our favorite restaurants, the beaches mm-hmm. to go to. I put a lot of effort into letting you know where our favorite places are. And I'm always updating it because when we go down, I'm actively looking mm-hmm. for things to do that enhances our guests' experience. And so as a guest, I would say if if a host offers that, utilize that. Find yeah, out sure. what there is to do. Don't be hesitant to ask questions ahead of time. You know, I know some managers are open to saying, hey, we need to make reservations for dinner. Where would you recommend? Like they'll, they'll even, they'll even help you with stuff like that. Yeah. Um, You know, for us in our short-term rental, we have, we're on a canal that does go out to the river and then some other, you know, there's some restaurants and stuff in the area, but we have a kayaks, we have a dock, we have a sitting mm-hmm. area, we mm-hmm. have a pool, we've, we've gotten chairs for the beach. Like I said in the book, we tell you what beaches to go to, we have chairs and umbrellas. And so we've gone out of our way to stock the house with things that we think that you need. I mean, I even have a bag there that you can take to the beach because I remember mm-hmm. going to St. Thomas going... I didn't pack a beach bag. Beach bag, yeah. And so, how do I get all my stuff to the beach? You're and bringing your rollerboard across the sand. <laughs> literally, a plastic bag from like takeout where we put our suntan lotion and yep. our sunglasses because I was like, yep. I wasn't thinking through all of these things. So, yeah. like, what are the things? So, you know, in any Airbnb, I would say explore. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things we have to do when I'm down there is 
there's, we put, we, we did the investment. Another thing where people were like, oh, you don't really need to do this. We put a patio down by the water mm-hmm. and chairs and take advantage of those times and those spaces. So I'll go out in the morning and I'll sit and I'll mm-hmm. have my cup of tea and I'll look out into the water. And sometimes I'll bring my notebook and journal, or I'll mm-hmm. just sit down there and pray or listen to music. And so take advantage of those moments and those spaces and those opportunities that you wouldn't yeah. normally do at home. And, right. and, uh, yeah. I mean, and be a good guest. <laughs> yeah, please, please be a, be a good guest. I mean, no, this is actually really, really important for anybody who's listening to know that, you know, it can be very easy when you, you know, you look on Airbnb, you look on VRBO and mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of like, you see, you know, evolve is the host. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times that's what happens. There's a, there's a larger property management brand mm-hmm. that is sort of, claiming that property yeah but there are actual homeowners yes behind that yeah and you know that that have it's your family it's my family that have made these investments and you know tried to create these beautiful spaces for people mm-hmm. but also it's like we do have an expectation that guests will respect the place that they're staying yeah. it's it's not a hotel conglomerate this place isn't owned by hilton you know it's it's owned by you and me and mm-hmm. you know your your neighbor down the street so i i think we've gotten a little bit away from that in the short-term rental space to yeah. a certain degree that it's like oh this is supposed to be some sort of five-star ritz carlton experience mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, you're actually staying in someone's home. And mm-hmm. and yes, they've done their best to provide this space for you and your family to stay and enjoy and all of that. Mm-hmm. But again, it, we're not Hilton and, you know, or the Marriott. It's it's just us trying yeah. to, to make it nice for you. So, yeah. so be a good guest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love that you brought that up. You know, like I remember before we owned a property, I would see things managed like, you know, you have the little circle. I know like we use Airbnb. So you have the little circle of the picture of the person who owns it. And like, I was sometimes turned off by like, when who managed it obviously wasn't the owner. Like I was Mm -hmm, like, oh, mm -hmm. oh, like in the beginning, I was like, how does this work? And so like, I I would see a management company and be sort of off put, but really the management company, like for our listing, it says evolve. You're not going to see a picture of me and my husband. Right. Um, But, but when you get the book, so she actually emails you the PDF, our our manager, she, she emails you the PDF. And then you see, there's a picture of me and my husband. And we have a little blurb about like who we we are and and why we did this and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, but the management companies put their name there because it helps with credibility and it helps mm-hmm, with, sure. with you know, guests saying, oh, you've managed other properties. So there's a standard that's being adhered to. So yeah. it's really meant to help the homeowner. And right. so just because, like you said, just because there's a management company that's involved, mm-hmm. that just means they're handling our bookings for us and they're keeping track of who's coming and going. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody else is doing that doesn't mean that it's not somebody's home and that they haven't worked really hard. Look, yeah. some some homeowners, I'm sure, don't put any effort into it. We, we've yeah. all heard the horror stories, right? Yeah. Like, I know that's out there. I'm in Airbnb <laughs> groups and I, I can tell you who, you know, doesn't care oh, yeah. about their properties and it's yeah. they've owned it outright for 20 years and it just makes them money and they don't need to do anything for the guests. I get it. There's stuff out there like that. But I would say for the most part, these are people that really care about Mm-hmm. their home it's their home and they care about what they're providing and you know we had somebody that left a review and she said i was a single woman and i'm staying there and it would be really nice if we had a peephole 
And I don't know if you remember, oh, Jess, yeah, remember yeah, when you, yeah, we were, right. you were down visiting? Yes, that's right. Our guy came over and we put peepholes yeah. in because yeah. I was like, wow, that's really good feedback. Like our desire is to create a space where people want to be and where mm-hmm. you feel like you don't have to think of anything. You can just focus on your people and right. just spend time together. And so these little things, like we care about what you have to say. And so we're, we are, there's people behind the curtain that are trying to make yeah. your stay wonderful. And, and I mean, I, we've had some just absolute beautiful guests. I, I have to say, I I've been very thankful for them that they'll notice something that is, you know, that would be helpful and they'll sort of do that as a private review to us. You mm-hmm. know, they keep those private to us. Like, Hey, we noticed that this was, you know, there's a wobbly towel rack or mm-hmm. something like that, you know, mm-hmm. something that since we're not staying in there all the time, we wouldn't obviously yeah. know, but rather than putting that in the public one and being like, this was terrible. There's a wobbly towel rack. You know, they mm-hmm. give that to us personally, but then compliment the beautiful things that are, that are at the, yeah. at the space. And so, you know, that's very, very helpful to the actual owners because mm-hmm. we are looking at that and taking those into consideration. And then, and then as quickly as possible, like you said, like remedying those and, you know, adding the peepholes and, Mm -hmm. you know, all those kinds of things. So yeah, that's how you can be an excellent guest. I do want to share a couple of specific property features. You've shared a lot, Kim, about the cozy Cape Coral retreats, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love the the kayaks. You guys, please go stay at Kim's short-term rental. (laughs) You, it is like the most beautiful place to find rest and restoration. It's peaceful. It's calm. I mean, the most welcoming environment. The pool is absolute dynamite. I think we spent hours in that pool, Kim. We had, we went for that retreat, you know, with mm-hmm. a couple of our, our other friends. And I mean, we had meetings at in the pool. We were like, nah, we're just going to float here and relax and like <laughs> have these meetings. So you know, take advantage of of the property features. Is there are there any other features that you want to share with the listeners that you were intentional about creating at your short term rental? Well, we do have bikes, so that's yeah. kind of nice. I didn't mention that yet. That's like we we are in proximity to a handful of restaurants and Publix is right down the street. So it's kind of nice to hop on the bike and go down to Publix or just go for a ride. And these are like yeah. things that like we never do at home, right? We get so busy. When was the last time you're like, Hey, your husband or your kid, let's just go take a ride and let's go see, you know, what's around. And, you know, we're in a safe neighborhood and you can take the bike and you can go going to explore. And what's unique about Mm -hmm. Cape Coral is that most of this, most of the area is are on canals. And so as you drive by, you kind of like look down the street and get glimpses and you can stop and look at the water and look at the boats and Mm -hmm. look at the people and, it's kind of, it's a fun area to be. And so, yeah, just the proximity to things. Yeah. Bikes, which is fun. We mentioned the kayaks. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I absolutely love it. And and again, every time that we go up, you know, to our cabin, we, we add more things. We put a hot tub in, you know, mm-hmm. that overlooks the back. And so that was an extra, mm-hmm. you know, obvious thing, but you would not, the hot tub gets a lot of 
action. I will say that like everybody's like, oh, is your hot tub functioning? Like they'll yeah, yeah. they'll specifically ask more like it's I always wish functioning. We had a hot tub. <laughs> I mean, I guess I don't know how many people are going in the hot tub in Florida, maybe in the cooler yeah. nights or the cooler seasons. But like yeah. as I especially as my kids get older, there I mean, there are certain amenities. I mean, if we yeah. had a bigger space, I'd have a pool table, I'd have a hot tub. Like I know mm-hmm. what I would have because I would I, I know that those are the things that I would yeah. take advantage of and that I would want to participate in. I mean, it's consider the things that you want your family to enjoy on Mm -hmm. vacation. Like, what would you want? Those are the things that you want to invest in and and create. Mm -hmm. We even put up a ropes course uh, in the back of our cabin recently. That was like our most recent addition. That's awesome. Yeah, because we have kids that go up there. And I mean, you know, it's just fun, you know, it's like fun outdoor play and, you know, kids enjoy it. We're, we're about, our property is about 30 minutes actually from the, one of the ski resorts in Arizona. It's probably Mm -hmm. one of the most well-known, but from Snowbowl. And so again, that's another thing that you want to highlight on Mm -hmm. your property, the proximity Mm -hmm. to the places and spaces that you and your family enjoy. Mm -hmm. Your guests are also going to want to enjoy those places. So, and I did, by the way, if you guys go stay at Kim's, (laughs) Kim's place, definitely take her up on the restaurant recommendations because this lady is a foodie. She knows how to cook. (laughs) She knows how to dine and experience the finer things in life. So for sure, take a look at what she recommends and check them out. Yeah. And we're so, thrilled that it's by a Costco and Trader Joe's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Those are important See, things. This is a feature that we <laughs> near Costco and Trader yes. Joe's. Yeah. Because those are very important to all American families these days as you go on vacation, for sure. I know. There's um, neither by my my kids' school. My girls. Oh, really? really? Neither. Yeah. Oh. So they have to drive an hour and a half to go to Trader Joe's. So wow. They they've done it. They've done it on the way back from things. So little I things see. like this was important to us. So I have to say, as my husband was looking, <laughs> he was like, Oh, so there's a Publix and there's Costco. I mean, like, he didn't yeah. tell me anything about the property, just like, yeah. oh, and you can do that. I'm like, okay, all right, the basics are covered. Like, I mean, you may look, you may want an experience where you're not near any of these things. Yeah. So I get yeah. that too. But our our property is yeah. And again, it's what do you what do you want for your family vacations? Mm-hmm. I think that that's one of the best ways to start looking. If this is an idea that you've been, you know, toying with, it's like, okay, where do we want to go on vacation? Mm-hmm. And what amenities does our family want? Because mm-hmm. there are other families like yours. There mm-hmm. definitely, you know, there are, and you meet them all the time. It's like, oh, that's the skiing family that likes mm-hmm. to be in the woods with mm-hmm. no one nearby and will snowshoe yep. for eight hours. I'm like, yep. that is not my family. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But my family, it's so funny, Kim, because my family bought this, you know, cabin in the woods and we love it, but we bought it to get out of the heat in mm-hmm. Arizona. But our normal family culture is like, we're beach people. Like, let's go oh, to the yeah. beach. So I that's why I love your short-term rental. We we can swap anytime you want, friend. Yeah, yeah I'm in. I'm in for that. Although I would be sad <laughs> if you were there when I was in Arizona. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I we well, can't just, do that. Yeah. You'll just okay. have to come. We'll block off an owner's stay. We'll stay yep. together and then we'll yep. come to Florida. It'll be sounds good. good. Great. So how can how can people find your short-term rental? How can they connect with your property, Kim? 
Okay, so we have our own Instagram. It's Cozy Cape Coral Retreats. So that's, we, we, I try to put some stuff up there. I just recently posted my husband and my daughter's boyfriend took the kayaks out and they're like, what if we could get to the river? And we're like, good luck. <laughs> Go with for that. it. Go for um, it. <laughs> they did it and they loved it. And so oh, we highlighted awesome. that. I mean, we've, you know, we highlight the property on our Instagram yeah. and, you know, in the highlights, we have all the, like where you can places that you can eat things you can do things you can mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. so i'm in the process of just building that out so that if you come and stay all the information that you need about how to take advantage of the property and how to take advantage of the the area mm-hmm. is going to be there and then one of the things that you can do for like you know people like me and jess is if you love an airbnb let's say you use airbnb let's say you use vrbo like mm-hmm. Evolve has their own system and plus we're on bookings.com. So our property is four different places, but whatever your favorite platform is, look us up, you know, look mm-hmm. for, all yeah, the for sure. And Jess will put in the show notes where we can find your stuff too. Love it. But go in and favorite us. Yeah. That really helps. That helps you find it when you actually decide it's time to go to Florida. Right. And it also tells whatever platform that we're on, that mm-hmm. it's a property worth looking at. So it helps with the algorithm. It helps yeah. tell people like, hey, you know, 10 people have this in their favorites. And so maybe yeah. this is a property worth showcasing. And so those are just ways, some ways you can can help, you know, yeah. get involved, I, I, follow us. You had a great idea. It's like when you favorite it as well, you know, you're like, oh, this place looks great. I want to stay there sometime. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go back, you're like, where was that place? Mm-hmm. You know, I can never remember never. after the moment. So it's kind of like right now, if you're listening to this, go to Airbnb, like, you know, look up Cozy Cape Coral Retreats or go to Instagram. I'm sure you'll have a link, yep, your link there. The and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like favorite it. And then that way, the next time you come back, because you definitely want to see this fancy custom wallpaper for sure. <laughs> um, I'm like, I might after this show be like, where did you actually source that? That might yeah. be something I need to do in the future. Yeah, but yeah, and then um, obviously share this episode or share our yeah. Instagram with your friends. Well, anything else you want to share, Kim, about becoming a short-term rental owner and give some inspiration for someone that's listening? No, I mean, I think I just we've covered everything. This idea of it works for us because it's an extension of who we are as a family and what Mm -hmm. our culture is. And Mm -hmm. so anytime that you make big decisions, you want to be sure that it aligns with your values and that Mm -hmm. it is an extension of who you are as a family. You know, not only are we excited about the property, but our kids are excited about the property and knowing that, and we've already talking with our older kids about, well, what would it look like for you to invest in something like this? And they're kind of getting excited about doing this as well. And so Mm -hmm. for us, next steps might be, you know, as they graduate college, where are they living? Maybe that's Mm -hmm. the next location for us so that we can see them as much as we want. Again, an extension of who we are as a family and how we like to spend time together. And, and so, you know, that's, I think, I think that's really important, you know, to love make that. sure that it is in line with your values. I love that. And, and it certainly is in line with your family values, Kim. And I think that's why it's been so successful and it's such a beautiful place to stay. So thanks for having me there. And well, thank um, you yeah. just for joining yeah. me. It's of course, it's been a pleasure to interview you. <laughs> yes. Switch it up a little. That's it. That's it. 
As we wrap up this episode, I want to share an exciting opportunity that could be your ticket to an unforgettable retreat. We are hosting a giveaway, and one lucky winner will receive three complimentary nights on a minimum five-night stay at our vacation rental in Cape Coral. And the best part is that this offer is entirely transferable. So if you're the lucky winner and you cannot use it, you can gift this relaxing escape to a dear friend or a loved one who could use a little retreat of their own. There's one thing that I didn't mention in the podcast with Jess about the Cozy Cape Coral Retreats, and it makes our properties pretty special. While each of our units offers a comfortable, inviting three-bedroom, two-bath space, there's a fantastic bonus feature. These units can be rented together, creating a seamless connection for larger groups to experience the magic of Cape Coral. The back patio gates open, allowing you to enjoy the entire property as one large group, making it perfect for an extended family gathering, a reunion of friends, or a memorable vacation with loved ones. So here's how you can enter to win. Number one, follow us on Instagram at Cozy Cape Coral Retreats. That's your first step to joining the fun. And then number two, once you're there, look for our giveaway post. It'll be pinned at the top of our feed so you can't miss it. All you have to do is like the post and then tag three people you'd love to share this retreat experience with. The giveaway kicks off today, September 12th, and runs through September 19th. It's a limited time opportunity, so be sure you're following us and participating before the clock runs out. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect, it's about purpose.